Hello and welcome to this season two of the From the Moon podcast with me, David Pleasant. This year has seen the opening of the 23rd International Exhibition of Triennale Milano. It is entitled Unknown Unknowns, an introduction to mysteries, and so on each episode we try to unpack a different component of this quite literally unknowably vast subject matter. Here's a big, big neighbour, and it is Africa, and uh, we don't know really each other. What do we think that we know about the universe? And could or should we even be attempting to know everything? Perhaps we can learn to coexist with life's mysteries. We'll be asking all these questions and many more here on From the Moon. During the course of this series, we'll be speaking to artists, designers and scientists who will guide me, your host, on this journey through knowledge and understanding. On this, the last episode of the series, we turn our gaze back to planet Earth, turning our inquiry from all that is unknown to observe what might constitute the real world. Over the course of the series, we have surely learnt that just because we might not know what or where something might be, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. However, our notion of reality is without a doubt based on certainties. And few things can be more certain than the presence of the people, the friends and families we can see and touch in front of us, as well as the materials around us. We can also see, touch, smell and taste these all around us constantly. And so, on this episode, we will explore some of that social and physical materiality by hearing from one half of design duo Forma Fantasma on their research-based approach to materials, specifically in the field of exhibition design. But first, we're going to hear from Francis Carré, the lauded Burkinabe architect whose meteoric rise on the world stage is compounded by his winning the prestigious Pritzker Prize for 2022. Carré was also appointed as joint lead curator of the Triennale Milano's 23rd International Exhibition this year, and together with astrophysicist and chief diversity officer at the European Space Agency, Ercilia Vaudo, has been pivotal in creating the constellation of shows and participants that form the Unknown Unknowns universe in Milan this year. Not only has Kere designed the striking tower standing right outside the Triennale building, but two other magnificent structures, as well as coordinating the six African nations that are taking part within the international participation section. Kere took to the stage when the exhibition opened back in July to both inaugurate the marvels on show and celebrate the achievement it represented. Despite Kerry's palpable enthusiasm, it was a long, difficult road, both logistically and emotionally speaking. We have been going through crisis, uh, one of them, the latest one being the uh, military coup and almost a civil war in Burkina Faso, that we had to change everything. But what we did is basically to try to explore the idea around the unknown announce. Uh, to really try to exhibit or to create the frame 
for everybody to project their own unknown unknowns, uh, beginning with the tower um, in the entrance. We're appealing here because we are among friends and artists. Uh, I really, I mean, what our world needs today is positive messages. So, and, and believe me, yeah, and don't laugh, because I believe when the tower finish and you go through the tower and you lift your head, you will understand what I'm telling you. Really do it. We are stacking in so much things, you know, problems, uh, caused from, you know, from clear ideas, clear problems that we see that we often forget to invent. And for me, it was good. I have two women, two artisans, uh, Martina and Asieta from Burkina Faso, that just made the entire trip, even crossing borders, places, roads that are occupied by terrorists, and to be here. And I have been given a chance to show some images uh, about Burkina. That is what I will do. And for ourselves, it's so wonderful to be here. If we go back to the conical tower greeting visitors outside the Triennale's main entrance, Kere has titled this striking project The Future's Present, a 12-metre-high structure decorated with contemporary interpretations of traditional vernacular architectural motifs from different regions of Burkina Faso, the architect's beloved country of birth. Kere encourages us to enter the tower through its narrow and low entrance on our knees. Once inside, we may feel enclosed, imprisoned even. If you think there is no solution, says Kere, start to lift your head and you will see that there are openings to show you the sky. Indeed, this constant connection to the sky and an uplifting, optimistic vision of the future define Francis Kere's practice. His work, that is so based on the reality of traditions and geography, is unmistakably hopeful. We've been working closely with the Triennale to really get people from Africa. And as you know, it's normal um, that we're being experiencing the situation that Africa, African countries, are always being excluded. Uh, it's not because we call the people in the West here uh, where you you're coming from being crazy, discriminating Africa. It is about the access. There were no access. No one took effort to communicate. And then the countries being struggling for other things than to contribute. But the fact is, uh, what I think, what the, tri the Triennale is trying to do is to remind us that, especially Europe, has a big, big neighbor that is closer than other, under, uh, other uh, continents to the West, and it is Africa, and uh, we don't know really each other. In fact, a core purpose of the 23rd International Exhibition of Triennale Milano is to create a dialogue. For the first time, six different participant countries from Africa are represented. Burkina Faso, Ghana, Kenya, Lesotho, Democratic Republic of Congo and Rwanda take centre stage along with the likes of long-time participants such as the Netherlands, France and Germany. 
For Kere, this is a time to celebrate, but it is also a time for urgent recognition of the reality of migration and integration. Pointing out that there are an estimated 30,000 citizens of his homeland, Burkina Faso, residing in Italy right now, Kere urges us to consider a single person in this statistic, a number that can seem meaningless. I can't guarantee you, if this guy were not here, you would not have fresh tomatoes. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. So we need each other and we have to make sure that we learn to know each other. And so, but that is another thing. The continent is young, you know, to get six countries, contribute, and then explore and exhibit their thought on the unknown unknown is beneficial for all of us because artists and people in Africa are so enthusiastic, so creative. So what often is missing is access, is opportunities. And I think to have this big neighbor, you know, big neighbor participate and contribute to the Triennale is a response to, uh, you know, today's expectation. At the centre of the international participant section of Triennale Milano stands another of Francis Kerre's creation. This structure is Burkina Faso's pavilion. Named Yesterday's Tomorrow, here Kerre has designed a curved wall that draws the visitor into a gathering space. Purposefully using traditional building methods built up brick by brick and covered in clay decorated by Burkinabe craftswomen, Kere's intervention is in direct response to an era when entire buildings are 3D printed. With this enticing structure, Kere wants us to be reminded of the building and material knowledge that got us to this point and that we should not forget as we move forward. For Kere, origins, a sense of place and staying connected to his land and people is fundamental and much of his thinking now is based on both the memory and undying commitment to the future of the village where he was born in Burkina Faso. This vision grounded in a personal connection and the harnessing of skills needed to improve this reality has always provided Kere with a sense of certainty a sense of purpose that many struggle to find. Often a young man, a young girl going through life, starting a, a, a profession, you really don't know what to do. You have a lot of examples, but what, is, what will be with yourself? We often don't know that. And so for myself, I see me as a product of that. I started as a young student to try to create something for people in my place. Uh, it was to create a school, and I did it um, using the most available material on site, uh, which is clay, but really getting people to be involved. To give you a feeling, a sense, what is happening now in my village, don't forget that at my time there were no school in the village, and that for I have to leave the village to attend education, and then I left my parent, and if you carefully listen to me, I will be always missing my mom, as even a big boy today, uh, uh, because I had to leave the family when I was six, you know. 
uh, and that is it. But I'm able to create this thing to get many, many kids to stay in the village and attain education, which is already great. And so create a structure like this using clay, using pots to create light openings and ventilation openings. Um, and then to get kids stay in the village and even attend education in well-ventilated rooms. Uh, this is what we did. And then suddenly many people asked to help them do their design work. So from being all too painfully aware of what was lacking in his Burkina Faso village, Kere went about making it his mission to design and build a school that meets the needs of the local inhabitants. Using his knowledge, he chose materials and techniques that were both available and perfectly suited to the harsh climate. In fact, it was this first school project that set Kere's architectural career off. And so we do many, many projects like this. Very quick here at university, we start to build a school. Now they ask to do in high school. And now suddenly it's growing and they ask, oh, can you make it become a university? And that is my work. And my work is always to deal with the elements, sun and wind, you know. And sun is a playboy to me. Sometimes a good one. It gives you energy. It helps plants to go but it's creating heat also inside the classroom. And I'm using it to create cool place, like a very smart ventilation system, using Venturi system, as you know, and then using clay to, to pour walls like you will do with concrete, you know? It started with the high school, and now it's an IT university, uh, mimicking MIT, you know? The West is always a model for us, yeah. And then the thing is, we have to make sure that we don't copy the experience that has not been good in the West, you know, uh, in our places. Kere reverts his attention to where we began, back to the sturdy, earthy clay pillar standing proudly in front of the Triennale Milano building. The future's present can be seen as a physical declaration of its architect's ambitions. The tower is tangible and absolutely real but it also represents an aspiration, a wish for a better future that doesn't simply abandon the knowledge of the past. It is, in short, a beacon of hope. It is a tower, it's like a sort of a connection to the world because we put an internet connection in this. And this place is so amazing nowadays. And if I'm looking back, it's look like I'm bringing light, you know, I'm bringing light in place where you have no opportunities. So it's like scientists with their work bringing you to another planet. For my people in Burkina, this is the sky. This is the universe because there is light, because you can learn. That was Pritzker Prize-winning architect Francis Carré there speaking at the launch of Triennale Milano's 23rd international exhibition in July. As we have heard, Carré's involvement is astonishing in its sense of presence and capacity to create a dialogue between the Triennale Milano and many African countries that are all too often under or misrepresented. Next up, and staying in the real world, we move across the Triennale's building and enter the Fondation Cartier's Mondo Reale, curated by Hervé Chandet. 
The Fondation Cartier called on the skills of Milan-based design duo Forma Fantasma to create a space that would best house the many pieces from a diverse set of 17 different international artists. From Ron Mueck's artwork of a naked, cross-armed figure stranded on a boat to Alex Cerveni's mesmerising painting pulling in culture, nature and existentialism. Earlier this year, Andrea Trimarchi, one half of Forma Fantasma, spoke to Michela Alessandrini, curator at the Fondation Cartier pour l'art contemporain, on how to interpret reality in an exhibition design. They were sitting in the Triennale Milano's crowded garden on a warm summer's evening, so you'll be hearing plenty of background chatter and birdsong. Our interest towards exhibition design is there since probably when we started our practice uh, in 2009. Uh, let's say we were curating and designing our own exhibition, but we always wanted to, I would say, go beyond us. And the first occasion that we had was uh, with the exhibition that we did at the Rex Museum about Caravaggio Bernini. The Caravaggio Benini exhibition at Amsterdam's Rijksmuseum took place in 2020 and saw Forma Fantasma design a system to display 70 masterpieces of the Roman Baroque in a way that felt fresh and totally contemporary. There is a tradition in Italian design, but not only, like if also Brazilian design and other, other uh, national uh, uh, design, uh, where um, the design itself goes beyond the design of the object and then goes into the design of the space. And I would say that uh, the kind of attitude that a designer has compared to maybe an architect has, of course, it's also the, a matter of details. Because, you know, architecture maybe goes from the scale of the architecture to the scale of the exhibition and is smaller. Why designers go from the scale of the object to the one of the architecture? It's a kind of a different flux. And going back to that Caravaggio Bernini show, Forma Fantasma attempted to break with conventions, adopting architectural, spatial and aesthetic considerations to question and go beyond how Caravaggio and Bernini were normally presented in exhibition design. Usually with very dark colours, with very, very dramatic lighting. And what we wanted to do there instead is to go to the opposite side. So uh, already the drama and the darkness was within the work of Caravaggio, for instance. And what we wanted to do instead is to give like this completely light feeling to the exhibition where we have this like beautiful text that they were given us by a quadrat. And they were like really, you know, light colour like lilac, uh, light pink. And in a way, make the, those work, they are already very contemporary, even more contemporary. Forma Fantasma realised early on that both the visitor experience and the visual quality of an exhibition like that beautiful Caravaggio Benini show at the Rijksmuseum should not overshadow the negative impact exhibitions as a whole can have on the environment. One of the big problems that we have when we work on, on exhibition design is, of course, uh, the waste that you produce when, when you do such an ephemeral endeavour. And Cambio was, for us, uh, a very good uh, point to start to realise that, you know, as much as we are wasteful when, when we produce objects, we are wasteful especially when we do exhibition design. This year, Forma Fantasma has been rethinking design at what might be described the world's most important art exhibition, the Venice Biennale. 
designing the much-acclaimed Milk of Dreams show curated by Cecilia Alemani and housed in the vast, historic Arsenale building. When you do exhibition, then usually are engaged with the curator in a later stage. So almost when you know the artists are decided and the space is there, and then it's about allocating the, the pieces. We do instead we wanted to start really, really at the beginning because I also truly believe that also especially in contemporary art, things need to change. We did a, the, as you said before Biennale. Biennale it's uh, probably the most. Uh, uh, it's the biggest, for sure, exhibition of art, but it's also the, probably the most wasteful one. And I have to say, while we were working at the Biennale, we, were, we had, like, really big ethical concern. Here, Andrea is referring to the enormous amount of materials that are normally involved in the construction of exhibitions. Structures that, being by definition temporary, can often be wasteful by default too. At the Venice Art Biennale, Forma Fantasma encountered just how much waste is involved. For instance, the kilometre upon kilometre of temporary walls that are needed to be built from plasterboard and painted white. In contemporary art, explains Andrea, every artist and curator is extremely attentive to eliminate any visual interference in any of the works displayed this very quickly becomes a process that squanders space and materials. And of course, when you do historical exhibition, I have to say, I'm, I'm bad to say that, but when you work with the work of that people, it, it's a bit easier. When you work, of course, with contemporary artists that very, of course, important um, rules they need to follow in terms of like uh, uh, the audio that needs to be in a certain way or you know the background should be in, in another way. That, of course, bring the act of exhibition design quite difficult and also wasteful. Observing all this waste, for Forma Fantasma, it has become vital for institutions to begin to change the culture of how they deliver large exhibitions at speed. One way to do this, suggests Andrea, would be designing exhibitions that could be adapted and repurposed for several years into the future, rather than being installed and taken down after just a few months. Many institutions are not yet able to implement this way of doing things, although at the Venice Biennale, Forma Fantasma did score one small victory. But what we did, and I think it's a small fight, but I think it was uh, quite a, a nice one, that we um, forced uh, the um, the to have like a parameters in the tender process, so that the company they are engaging they need to think about where the material are going to. So uh, at the, till the last year, all the material were disposed. Now instead, they found uh, a way, and it's much more costly that all the material they will be, uh, they are using in this moment in Biennale, the 95% they will be instead reused. It's not revolutionary at all, zero. I mean, it's neither the first nor the last uh, institution, but for an institution of that size, I think it's quite important. Being a lot smaller, although it certainly doesn't feel tiny when you are there, Mondo Reale at Triennale Milano gives Forma Fantasma more freedom to rethink the material choices and the design of the exhibition as a whole. I would say we use like mainly two material, it's paper and bricks. I mean, again, bricks has been used a lot in, uh, in exhibition design. And the good thing is that all this material will go back uh, to building houses, probably. Uh, hopefully, 
and uh, the paper have been also traced. You know, we made also a, a paper. We are making actually the moment the paper analysis to understand. You know, like all the material contained, because this is something that we also did previously with Cambio. You know, like the paper industry is one of the most destructive one at the moment, and we also, as we can see, there is also a very scarcity of paper. And as I said before, it's a very porous exhibition. It's open, you can hear the, the work that is in the other rooms, except for one work, that is the Pelechan, that we wanted to have a very specific way of uh, see the movie. But there we have to say we have probably the one, one of the less impacted in terms of ecology because you know the material has been borrowed, like the, the carpet, all the, uh, all the chairs and sofas have been given by a company, Takini, that uh, they will give us for the, the time of the exhibition. So, and we are using the walls that are already existing yeah. and material coming from another exhibition. Andrea is talking about Armenian director Artevaj Paleshian's film La Nature from 2020. This startling montage of Earth's power manifested through landslides, storms, volcanoes and lightning to an unremitting soundtrack, of which you are hearing some extracts. To say, like design for us, it's the best discipline to be at the moment. You know, like we are the one that transform raw material into desirable product. So we have this power of if we make the deliberate choices to really change the real world uh, or the mundo yeah. that we're going to discuss later. So definitely, I think it's also the right moment to be a designer. You know, we have been like passing through a very different uh, uh, moment in time. You know, like we have been in the radicality of the 70s where, you know, design was such an important tool for social changes to a moment probably of superficiality in the last 20 years. And I think now we are in a moment in which we are rediscussing what design is. Also trying to blur all those stupid categories. Categories such as design, architecture and even the term art. All too often there is a prerequisite either-or dimension to these fields. For Forma Fantasma it is vital that the creative process is as interdisciplinary as possible. Working, as they do, at the very front end of a boundary between art and design, if one even exists, exhibition design can be seen as being at the very centre of a new way of thinking, visually at least. And that brings us to the end of this final episode of From the Moon Season 2, in which we have tried to centre our observation on some of the world's certainties, on some supposed realities that can nonetheless be looked at in a different light. From Francis Kerry's uplifting projects that combine knowledge of traditional materials and technique with a tangible sense of optimism and hope to the Mondo Reale show and design duo Forma Fantasma's research-based approach that is attempting to rethink the way in which an exhibition is designed. In this last episode, we have observed some of the real wonders of the world, from human craft and potential to a more thoughtful approach to the materials around us. But maybe it is only by examining the boundless, infinite uncertainties of the universe that the Unknown Unknowns exhibition opens to us 
that we can appreciate all that we understand in a totally different way. This podcast is brought to you by Triennale Milano. It was written and presented by me, David Pleasant, with production support from Pale Blue Dot. Sound editing and design was by Alex Port-Felix and the theme music was created by John Arnold of Superdrama. <laughs>